Project Lawful aka Plane Crash by Yarwain aka Eliezer Yudkowski and Lintamande. Thread 4, Project Lawful and Their Oblivious Boyfriend. Episode 94. Keltham said he'd be here in a few minutes. How are we looking on his thought transcripts? Nobody interrupted me, so I assumed nothing drastic was going wrong. I think it basically worked. I haven't gotten the last couple minutes of thought transcripts, but he's not hard to read, and he parsed none of that as a conspiratorial attempt to turn him off intelligence enhancement. He was too busy being sad for you. Bad news for the plan where we get him to ever be even vaguely evil, but good news for the objective. She exhales deeply. I want an item of glibness. Is that known to be possible to do? It ought to be. The reason wizards can't cast it is it won't stabilize. Basically worked as charitable, says the Eighth Circle wizard called in from the front to read Keltham's thoughts during this dangerous attempt. All of you children require additional acting training before you try anything like this again. Either that or call in real fucking impersonators to replace you. Keltham intuitively felt that some of your interactions sounded scripted, especially while you were describing events that hadn't actually happened and things that are not true. He wasn't confident of his ability to tell that through the dimensional travel unfamiliarity, but he noticed. You weren't interrupted on it because my best judgment was that doing so or warning you would have made it worse. His name is in fact Manohar, just in case, one less lie. He is not an Athesian. He doesn't confine his experiments to consenting adults. Glibness will solve the sounding scripted, and it's cheaper in our time than acting training, though I guess we might generally all benefit from acting training. I know of one item of glibness that exists, so it's possible. It's not for sale anywhere I've heard of, so it's not easy. I don't know if the item would play well with your nice new headbands, either. It's a transmutation-based effect. Am I done here, Sivar? She holds out her hands for the transcripts. Yes. There ought to be a way to make it slotless if there's a way to do it at all. The conventional wisdom is that slotless is a lot harder in addition to being more expensive, but Carissa thinks that's because everyone is a coward. It's not even harder, it's just more complicated. Wait. Target is reevaluating events in hindsight, and I don't think he's happy. All right. Set aside the question of why he's feeling sad about Asmodia. It's plausibly enough some mix of, you never got to know the old her, and this isn't how you imagined yourself starting civilization, and are you less special as other people master more? Loss, actually, that's too uncharitable. It doesn't feel like that kind of sadness. You wanted it to seem newer and brighter somehow, and not just civilization repeating itself. Well, it could still be that, but probability is going to be the same everywhere. So obviously Asmodi is going to start sounding more Dathilani as she starts to use those ideas. You can't deny them that. Keltham, just because you want them to go on feeling to you like the fresh new world of Galarian. Set it aside. How likely was that whole shenanigan in the conspiracy world versus the tropes world versus the ordinary world? It feels like a wrong question somehow. Something was anomalous about that. And it didn't feel like conspiracy or tropes. Why did the interaction between Ioni and Mayol feel scripted? Is it just something about the way that real Cheliax reads to Adathilani, something that rhymes with fake permanent cheerfulness in class, with Carissa trying to act during sex like everything is all right? 
Permanent cheerfulness is not a trope. It has no clear conspiracy objective. It feels fake, and it is fake, but it's not meant to be deceptive. Can he put his finger on anything about why the interaction felt scripted? It felt rushed. Counter Arguendo. It was an emergency. They were rushing. It felt optimized for making sure Keltham heard everything he needed to hear. Counter Arguendo. Everyone talking knew that he was going to be surprised and alarmed, and were, in fact, optimizing heavily for making sure Keltham didn't freak out about their back and forth. It felt too clean, like, given that everyone had been doing their parts separately to keep him informed, there should have been more stumbles and messiness in their conversation. Counter-arguendo. Keltham has had plenty of smooth conversations both here and in civilization, wherein nothing obviously disruptive or messy happens, for up to five minutes at a time. And this was less time than that. It felt coordinated, like everyone had worked together in advance on making sure that all the information they wanted Keltham to see was present in that interaction, and finished its delivery exactly when Asmodia showed up. Counter Arguendo Hindsight, Keltham. Would you also have said that if Asmodia had walked in the room right before Peranza said anything, or would you have said that if you'd also gotten a chance to hear whatever the next speaker had to say? Well, it intuitively felt scripted, so there. Counter Arguendo well, meta-intuitively. You're on some completely different planet, and your intuitions might have some problems, so there. He could make up numbers, probabilities, but that itself feels like the wrong move. This doesn't feel like conspiracy versus tropes versus ordinary. It feels like the real hypothesis is not in his starting set. If Keltham just goes purely on intuition, it feels like Asmodia had an event last night that changed her outwardly apparent personality and gave her mastery of probability, an event they weren't expecting, and one that they were flatly prohibited from explaining to Keltham. And then they had to frantically scramble to make up a cover story for that, and weren't very good at it. Keltham doesn't remember exact wordings, but if they were expecting to need to pass a truth spell test later, among the things they could do, if they were truly desperate, was call in an eighth-circle wizard named Manohar from the front, with the reputation Mayol described. A reputation Keltham possibly finds slightly more sympathetic than the Chelish seem to, that guy is living his best life, and have him act out the events they described, with Asmodia, so that she'd be able to tell Keltham under truth spell that it had all happened. Either Mayol, Ione, and Asmodia are in on it, and the others not, or also Pilar and Peranza, and... It sort of hurts to think, but probably Carissa too at that rate, because they'd know Keltham might turn to her for advice. Does he actually believe that scenario? The prior here is kinda low. It's low in conspiracy, and it's low in ordinary. It's higher in the tropes world, whereas Medea may still be due to acquire a special background. Her whole deal would never go in a Civilization original Aerolarp, fine, but neither would a lot of other things in Galerion. Maybe call them pseudotropes, fork off a theory where they look enough like Dathilan tropes to be initially recognizable, but they're not the same tropes. That hugely widens a prior space that was already way too populated with potential patterns. But maybe the theory will start to make sense over time. Something else happened to Asmodia, and they had to frantically scramble to cover it up. Can he figure out what else would probably be true in that world, and how to test it? Ah, oh, why is he like this? They should have left him petrified until they had the glibness. Never mind that those aren't available for sale anywhere. Carissa can do them herself. 
Without retraining into wondrous items, she doesn't have time for that. She can do them as swords. Too late now. She needs to be ahead of Keltham instead of behind him for once. What else would probably be true in that world? That isn't about a conspiracy. Well, if they're deceiving him and bad at it, they probably feel avoidant and guilty. That's a potential direction to take. Figure out what actually happened and then have them get caught in a lie, demonstrating they have no capacity to fool truth spells. Keltham's heading right on back. You know, never mind concealing that he noticed. To see if they give themselves away more, that's too bad for trust if he's wrong. He's just going to try asking some questions under truth spell, ones that try to rule out anything sufficiently awful or emergency-ish having happened. But if there's actually some incredibly good reason for him not to know about the thing immediately, then fine. He considers opening with, You know... If there's some actually good reason for me not to know what really happened to Asmodia, you can just say so, and it'll be a lot simpler than this. But that's destructive of trust if he's wrong about all of this, which he's definitely still at over 50% on. Don't say things under truth spell that'd be a lie in the world he's just conjured, where something else happened and we arranged to be able to truthfully tell him this. Makes it look more likely we can defeat truth spells. Acknowledged. She feels sick to her stomach, but can at least manage her outward expressions. Better than before with the added wisdom, even if it's not splendor, and definitely well enough to fool Keltum as he is. There is something she didn't get previously about being more confused by fiction than by reality, and she thinks it's meant to have a very literal sense, one that she may be missed for thinking of all the wonderful equations— one of just stepping back from everything and asking whether it has a feel of reality or a feel of fiction. Only, only it feels like that wouldn't work for her. Yet, if she tried it, she wouldn't be able to see what Keltham saw. She wasn't ready. Whatever she is now, it's barely emerged from its eggshell. She shouldn't have tried something like this against a mature Doth Ilani. I'm back. Everyone, I'm sorry for this but I think it's better to clear the air than for me to quietly swallow concerns. Asmodia, are you okay with answering some questions under truth spell? Your employment with me does not depend on it. I cannot, unfortunately, make an honest promise that I'd manage to ignore the update implied by your refusal of it. I'm willing to take a non-compulsory truth spell, reserve the option to decline questions, and ask that you probe narrowly about whatever it is you're worried about. Understood. Tap. Symbol. Are you the same person I first met, who looked like you, and introduced herself to me as Asmodia, in the sense of having not been replaced in body or mind by some other person who existed separately from the previous Asmodia when she first introduced herself? That should get most of the doomy cases he's actually worried about, while permitting the one where her mind or body went backwards in time by however long. In which case, yeah, they could have legit temporal shenanigan reasons to desperately cover that from him, but should also probably be implicitly notified that he did think of the possibility. Yes. I'm somewhat changed by things that happened to me. I haven't been replaced. Obviously, you have not been replaced by any person other than you. I apologize for my genuinely unintentional stupid phrasing. I'm the same person as the first person who introduced herself to you as Asmodia in the Villa Library. Did whatever actually happened to you to make you sound different, reflect coercion of you, 
by the Chelish government or forces with which the Chelish government is cooperating, into doing something you'd rather have not done. No. Asmodia states, feeling weirded out by how much that was very nearly the only such question that could have been asked about her entire life where the answer is no. Was it by your own choice that it began, whether or not the outcome was exactly what you had envisioned? Yes. She asked for a powerful headband and got one. Did whatever happened to you alter your goals, or which god you're with? Nothing external came in and did that, apart from mastering the law of probability, rethinking things, seeing new opportunities. Nothing like a suggestion spell. I want Project Lawful to be able to keep doing what it's doing. That was true both before and after the event that you keep asking about, and for the same reasons. Are you basically with Asmodeus? Decline to answer. I request that, if you want to truth-spell me on things like that, don't do it in public. I'm not, to my current knowledge, opposing Asmodeus's interests in Project Lawful. Sorry. Somebody can go ahead and dispel the truth-spell now, after which there's one more test I want to perform. Security does so. Keltham, you're scaring me slightly, so please just... Sorry, I want to tap you with a spell-based owl's wisdom, and then try on your headband myself, very briefly, to see if that headband actually feels like plus-six wisdom. It's occurred to Keltham that, given the supposed rarity of plus-six headbands, if something happened to Asmodia that augmented her directly, giving her a fake headband to cover up her augmentation might have been something they tried to do. You can decline... But then we'll have a conversation about how if there's something you think I need to not know, for good reasons, you need to just tell me that, seriously. Your prior is kind of all over the place, isn't it? For very understandable reasons. My prior was great, actually. Flaming awesome, as ordered as the positive integers. The problem was what it updated to after I got to Galerion. Anyway, about my important question. It's fine, Keltham. It actually is a headband of plus six wisdom. You don't even need to waste the owl's wisdom on me. I'll be totally fine if it's just six seconds. Carissa is slightly worried about the consequences of Keltham wearing Asmodia's headband even for six seconds. But she's more worried at this point about the consequences of appearing to discourage him from doing that. And Ione, extrapolating a possible tactic forwards, finally gets Caden's riddle, which really might have saved them all an awful lot of trouble if she'd gotten it earlier. But, no time to ask permission, she'll just have to... Nathesian advisory. Keltham, are you sure that's a good idea? You've got a lot more law in you than she does, and it might not take an artifact-grade headband to... I already tried Owl's Wisdom once when I was learning to catch cantrips, remember? And yeah, had something of a not-great reaction afterwards which is why I'm not mainlining it all the time. But if plus four for eight minutes didn't get me, then plus six for a few seconds should be fine. Maybe it's different for Doth Elani rather than Nathesians. But there's an awful lot of Nathesians whose last words in Golarion were, should be fine. Security to Asmodia. Ioni wants you to argue against her and says there's no time to explain her reasoning. I express that, in my own interests. I would actively like to see Keltham try on my headband for six seconds in order to reduce distrust here. Given what happened to me, I think the odds of six seconds of just plus six wisdom, with no other cunning, or splendor, or thinking about anything interesting, doing any permanent damage, are extremely low. Keltham, detect anxieties that your god gave you, gives a read on everyone in the room's wisdom, and does that even if they're resisting the invasive part. 
You could check Asmodia with the headband on and with the headband off to confirm she has a normal human wisdom with it off and six higher with it on, and she can block you on reading her anxieties. Also, if you look at the headband with Detect Magic, it's obviously the thing my lol is wearing, but more powerful. But I've had Spellcraft since I was ten and don't actually remember how obvious it'd be when I was new at it. That is a very sensible suggestion on the face of things. And the problem is, the fact that you suggested it means that in worlds where more people were in on it, along with Mylol, Ioni, and Asmodia, you'd be suggesting that to me, out of a dozen other equally plausible possibilities, a Galarian native would think of, because those are the two possibilities that Chelish governance can easily defeat, where they couldn't defeat me trying on the headband. Sorry, this genuinely isn't meant to indicate anything personal. It's just how security reasoning and civilization works. If this comes up again, try telling me that you think I already have the tools to solve my problem, and I need to try to think of it myself. Also, I didn't prep detect anxieties today. And if I wait until tomorrow, then on the it's-all-fake hypothesis, Asmodia will have a plus-six headband then. Okay, but I think we should have a plan for if you somehow do manage to think the wrong thing in the space of six seconds and lose the ability to function without it. Knock me out until somebody can get me a wisdom headband, I guess. Keltham, was your previous bad reaction like? Your mind being put into a new shape that it needed wisdom to sustain? Or you just thought things on wisdom that you'd rather have not thought? Mostly the second one. It wasn't at all like brain damage. If there were things in me that wanted more wisdom to sustain themselves, they were just regular new thoughts. Okay. I vehemently argue, in my own interests, that most people are incredibly fine after doing something like this. The sole reason we have to believe that Keltham is vulnerable to what happened to me is on the theory that my understanding of law was responsible. If that's true, which I am not discounting to be clear, 40% maybe, then it should require thinking about law and doing that for longer than six seconds in order to do the damage. Six seconds of plus six, wisdom blowing him up is not going to be the kind of bad thing that actually happens in real life. Like Keltham was saying before we needed to learn how to distinguish. It's not even something that happens to one person you know. I basically buy that. All right, let's proceed. After 12 seconds for more objections, if any. Under other circumstances, he might not. But it's occurring to him that maybe something is being hidden here, and then maybe that thing is important. At the very least, he wants to see if he somehow gets stopped before he can actually put the headband on, after Asmodia apparently argued so hard for that. I was not going to say this unless it looked like you were really going to do it anyways, because it is still not safe, but... Um, I mean, Keltham... You might have the tool to partially solve some of your problem here, but I don't know for sure whether you do. Actually, I'm not sure if this is a thing where Dathelani security means I'm not supposed to suggest it. This sure is turning into a day. Ioni, in the interests of sheer sanity, even at the expense of security, I'll ask for a hint. Is the reason you're not sure? That you're not sure if I have a particular spell prepped? Yeah. Keltham mentally reviews all of his spells. One sight circle. Truth spells. Fairness. Sanctuary. Comprehend languages, in case share language fails on him. Two. ND circle. Keltham didn't go all owl's wisdom on his two ND circles today, because some people being fired did free up some space there. 
and the obvious contingency second for emergencies, to put in the freed-up space. You think I should do an augury first? Yes, I really think you should. Because she decided, some days ago, not to tell him about the four-the-circle-false-future spell that can spoof auguries when she was listing four-the-circle-cleric spells she could remember. They could have just warned him to try that before getting Fox's cunning cast on him, given his previous bad reaction to Owl's wisdom. They did not, really, need the rest of this. And now she has a decision to make. Should Augury tell Keltham to try on the headband or not? There is some chance that when he tries on the headband, he'll realize everything. His not trying on the headband is safer that way. But if she were Keltham, at some point she'd take a step back from all of the details and check. Did he get to test whether Asmodia's headband was plus six, or did he not? And if the answer is that he did not, that's strong evidence that someone didn't want him to. It moves probability towards all of the worlds where someone had a reason to let him not. And it drags along. Carissa's credibility, Ione's, truth spells, now possibly augury. No, it reduces the odds of losing right now, but it's a losing move. Give him neither weal nor woe, she thinks. Nobody on security has false future prepped, and there's no scroll of it on the premises. Well, at least they didn't notice that problem the hard way. Do auguries still work inside of whatever anti-hostile gods setup we've got here? Peranza recites a security past message. We'll revisit that question if I get a null result. I will state out loud that I'll consider that suspicious, and then probably proceed anyways. Keltham takes a moment to consider various probabilities in advance. Augury, in one sense, seems definitely very easy to spoof. They could pre-commit to doing something bad to him if, and only if, he tries on the headband, whereupon the augury returns a doomy result, and Keltham therefore doesn't try on the headband, and they don't have to follow through on the pre-commitment. Well, except for the part where augury is noisy, and they might have to follow through. But if they cared enough, they could do it, and take the expected loss. Probability of the augury just failing, inside the ordinary anti-hostile god's zone. 30% maybe. Actually, should be higher, because sometimes auguries do that anyways. No, lower, because, as he's just realized, Pilar's cake thing still works, and he'd expect that to run off a similar mechanism. More importantly, ordinary probability of the augury returning doom? Tiny. He wouldn't have been set to do it otherwise. A negative augury here will be a very large update. Actually, no, they're noisy, but still. Keltham casts his augury. Effects if he tries on Asmodia's headband very briefly. He can feel the augury go through this time, and it comes back pretty neutral. Not failed, just neutral. I got a basically neutral answer. Asmodia, ready? Yes, please. Keltham quickly takes the headband offer, puts it on his own head, leaves it on there long enough to verify that, yep, this sure is like the owl's wisdom he remembers, but maybe 50% stronger than that, and puts the headband back on Asmodia. Okay, check passed. That was owl's wisdom, but half again as strong. The girls, who could all see this very plainly using their permanent arcane sight, look exasperatedly back at him. Carissa lets out an enormous, entirely internal sigh. Don't worry, everyone. It's not that he's inherently like this all the time. He'll need to do this sort of thing less and less often as he narrows down which world he's inside. And nobody here had better fucking forget it. This was not a good day for Project Lawful. 
even if Keltham seems to have mostly pointed in some new wrong directions. She's starting to appreciate on a deep level. These things cumulate, and not just in ways that Keltham thinks about in numbers. Yeah, what she said. He's worked out why he's sad now. It's like having a toddler you were intending to raise, and then somebody puts an artifact-grade headband on it, and the next day it's talking in full sentences without you ever having had the chance to teach it more than a few words. So at some point soon, perhaps even, dare I say now, while the memories are piping fresh and hot, we should segue into the question of how much I'm getting paid to put up with this sort of thing. I may have shifted some of my previously expressed opinions on that topic. I admire your attempted timing on compensation negotiations, but that doesn't work on people who are reasoning lawfully. Be that as it may, 15 gold a week is not going to cut it. To be clear, I'm not talking about the consequences of my personal decisions. I'm talking about all this project lawful weirdness in the first place. My not blinking at the sudden truth spell just now. The fact that I'm going to deliver this morning's probability lecture in your place, and literally nobody else on Galarian could, and that I come with a plus six wisdom headband as personal equipment. Anything less than 50 gold a week for me is downright disrespectful. One of the problems with Project Lawful is that it feels like Ioni sometimes, and Asmodia now, are just aliens. Not even the same way as Keltham, who knows that he's an alien and tries to compensate for it. Some other and mostly unpleasant kind of alien. Predicting Keltham is hard, but not impossible. He's Abadaran. He wants to know that everyone who happens to pass in front of his nose is okay. He's paranoid. Asmodia and Ione are different, unpredictably alien kinds of aliens, and what they care about is entirely incomprehensible, and they think that they're not aliens, they're just smarter than you. All of this to say that Meritzel hopes Keltham tells Asmodia she's fired, though obviously he's not going to. Asmodia is really annoying, see? Meritzel's pretty sure this is objectively the case and not just jealousy. Carissa didn't pass along all the details of Keltham's salary plans, one less things for the girls to fake, and Keltham's sense motive is getting better. Still bad, but getting better. Gregoria is pretty sure that one. No compensation for this project could possibly be adequate, and two, Keltham's going to offer them a lot of money, though it'd be nice if instead he cut Asmodia down to size. Overconfidence isn't a superpower. That's an awful lot for a second circle wizard, as I'm given to understand it but I suppose you now have a sufficiently vital role on this project that I do want to keep you happy. Is fifty gold a week going to make you happy? Will you be positively cheerful about that, Asmodia? Uh, cheerful is more like seventy-five gold a week. Okay, you know what? Manohar's detect thoughts has run down, he's not bothering to cast another one, and he's going to show himself invisibly out and then write a scathing report to the Queen about this clown show operation in lieu of slowly burning a number of different people here to death. He truly does not want to listen to especially this part of this shit for one minute longer. Asmodeus ought to smite this place. If that's what it takes to keep you cheerful, fine. Seventy-five gold a week. Asmodia has a sudden sinking feeling. It occurs to her that it sure is unusual that she can't tell whether or not Keltham is hiding something. Keltham usually has no bluff, so why does he suddenly have any bluff now? Bluff in general? No. Skill focus? Trolling? Yes. Keltham turns to address the group. 
Paxty and Pela have been brought here too now, and have been standing back and staying quiet, with a permanently slightly cheerful expression, which, it is only now occurring to Keltham, must have been concealing nearly total bewilderment, unless somebody briefed them while he was out, which somebody hopefully remembered to do. Anyways. So, the announcement I was planning to make before we all got distracted. Bad news first. Four of you have already been notified that the rate at which you're absorbing law was, in my judgment, not sufficient to keep up with the speed at which I intend Project Lawful to go. You remain the brilliant high-intelligence wizards who were considered good candidates for this operation in the first place, but that doesn't correlate perfectly with aptitude for law, either here or in civilization. All of you took the risk that it might not work out when you came here, and some of you won that gamble and some of you lost it. Some of those leaving the main project are currently planning to stay in this fortress and work on some new project, thereby, among other things, allowing those who stay on Project Lawful to have some people in their cohort they can hang out with, who are not quite as close to the center of all the craziness. Others of those departing say they may explore other possibilities, but are considering that one as well. I don't know how people express gratitude here for having meta-successfully completed the hard work of trying at something you're not sure you can do, and failing, and giving up when the time comes, as one must be able to promise to yourself you will do, says a proverb out of Dathilan, if you're going to dare to try things like that in the first place. This attempt, in particular, is going to have more of an impact on their lives than most such, and now it's up to everyone remaining to produce results— which justify the risk they took and realized. In civilization there's rituals for this, but they're not single-person rituals, and I don't want to pause to explain, and it should be your own way anyhow. So, however, people in Cheliac say thank you as a group and not just individuals. May the rest of us all please thank Jackmay, Pela, Paxti, and Yaisa now. People in Cheliacs don't thank each other at all, and certainly not for failing. Carissa summons a flock of dancing lights at her fingertips and sends them off to gather around the four of them. Should be easy enough for everyone to imitate. Seems like vaguely the kind of thing good people would do if they had a lot of wizards, which they don't. Well, he can't join in on that one. He doesn't have dancing lights at the moment, and stamping his feet probably seems odd if he's the only one doing it. No, wait, actually, he's got a light cleric cantrip at the moment. Keltham casts light on his hand, and waves gravely at each of Jacquemet, Pela, Paxti, and Yaisa in turn. This is the worst thing that has ever happened to Pella in her entire life, which is weird, because she's been tortured quite a lot. But she hasn't had to pretend she likes it. We may most of us be joining you sooner or later, so get a good tutor. I recommend rings. I thought you had to be fourth circle to learn rings, Jacquemet says, blinking rapidly at the suddenly many lights. The curriculum says that, but it was written by cowards. I'll protect you all from Carissa if that becomes necessary. You'll be protecting them from getting good. My offer stands. I'll keep that in mind, Jacquemet says, not at all like Keltham's offering to defend her from her actual superior, which he cannot do. That was all I had to say to the whole original group forming Project Lawful. You're not obligated to stick around here for even an additional five seconds if you don't want to. So far as reporting goes... You're back to Mylal, or I think that's how it would go, and you're no longer answerable to my suggestions at all. That said, Project Lawful itself is going back on its schedule for today, in ten minutes, and reconvening in breakout room four. 
so if you all want to hang out more as a group, which, to be clear, I don't know one way or the other whether you'd actually want to do, I'd suggest setting that up for evening hours. Message to Carissa Do you have anything to say to the Ostenzos? If not, let's go off and leave them some time to themselves, I think is the polite thing to do, or it would be in civilization. Also, I want to talk with you about how I'm supposed to react to Asmodia on this as her new boss. Let me know if any of that was stupid. Message. None of that seemed stupid, except I don't understand why conspiracy implies Asmodia having a fake headband. They probably do want time to themselves, and she can go off with Keltham out of earshot of everyone else. So, for example, suppose Asmodia just traveled back in time by four months, either in her mind or in her body and we are not allowed to know this because time shenanigans. Then she does not need a real headband. The headband is just there to explain why she suddenly knows the law of probability, and her personality got more mature. A plus-six headband is supposedly difficult to obtain, if people have been telling me the truth about that part. But maybe you can, for example, much more cheaply get a fake headband that looks like a plus-six one to magical detection, maybe even one that makes the wearer detect as having an additional six, wisdom to detect anxieties. Anyways, I mostly do not think that's what happened, especially since her headband was real, and that would be a pretty expensive solution for covering up a generic augmentation or personality change, which was why I tested that. Which leaves the question of how I, as her boss, am supposed to react to what she did. Ferrer Mayol thinks she's supposed to get yelled at, and I should tell him to do that on my behalf if I won't do it myself. And if I don't, she'll misbehave further in order to further test her limits. Civilization would basically say that what she and Manohar did was their own business, and I get zero say in it, except insofar as to decide whether I want to hire the person she ended up as, which I do. So I don't think that last bit is quite true. Though I admit that I would have probably taken the offer if I'd gotten it and didn't have a headband yet, it's an insanely tempting offer. But, but Manohar does things that are a bad idea, and you're supposed to punish people on secret projects who do things that look to be a bad idea, regardless of whether they actually turned out to be a bad idea, rather than locating all the punishment in the actual failure, which is luck, rather than in the decision process. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have no idea how the rules on civilization's actual secret projects work, is the thing. I know various suggestions for conduct and rules on secret projects that commonly appear in fiction, which rules, one would assume, are optimized to sound totally reasonable to readers while also allowing for convenient drama and disasters to happen anyways. I have been trying not to let any of those enter my mind. I'm also not sure I should just do things the chelish way, what with, for example, it not being obvious to people from Cheliax that whether Yaisa and I end up fucking is something that should not be mentioned in employee retention conversations. What's the reasoning behind the notion that somebody in my position, in general, should have an expectation that Asmodia not do this thing that was legal for her to do, and hold himself injured by her having done it? So the military has the concept of depriving your organizational superiors of decision power and steering power for your own benefit or out of carelessness. Does Doth Elon have that concept? Probably not, exactly, in whatever form it is. 
For every decision, there's one clearly identifiable person who's supposed to make that decision. If, in the military, or in a corporation, somebody else was supposed to make that decision, and they did, and then you did it differently, and not by throwing an exception either, then sure you get fired. That's close, and the ways it's only close might be important. But to a first approximation, the argument here is just that Mayal was the identifiable person supposed to make this decision, and Asmodia did it differently and didn't throw an exception. Well, you see, in a lawful place, we'd sort of have an expectation that the law was... Why do you use the same word for that? And math. Law. Law. Regulation. Oh, good, you do have more than one word. We'd have an expectation that the regulations, like, meant anything if they said that Asmodia was entitled to make this decision legally. I am open to hearing that it works differently here, and will only die inside a little. I actually just kind of don't know what we're talking about, all of a sudden. If Asmodia were a random, chelish citizen, then what headbands she wore would be her business, unless they made her into a serial killer or something. Since she's on a project, any major decisions she might make that are project-relevant are Miles' job— and she should have asked him. So there's a law, regulation, that says that if Manohar visits your secret project, any agreements you make with him about maniacal experiments are strictly the business of the two of you. But there's a shadow regulation which isn't written down anywhere and isn't really legible thereby preventing it from being overridden by the sort of contracts Cheliacs can sign with Manohar, which says that if Asmodia thinks her decision is going to potentially have an impact on the project, she should ask Mylol first. Like if they'd been friends, or if they had a private understanding that was separate from the government of Cheliacs. Except, this isn't because they're friends. It does proceed from an expectation of how whole secret projects always work. So I don't think Asmodia could possibly have known about Manohar's special exception to the normal expectation she informed Mayol, which is not a shadow regulation, it's written law and everything. If she knew, then she was following the law and shouldn't get in trouble. But if she had no idea that he had a special exception, then she should have informed Mylal. And her telling was that she didn't know who Manohar was, let alone that he had a special exception. I think the way I'd been modeling it in my head was, Manohar shows up and says, Hey, you should try on my headband. Asmodia says something like, Um, but. And Manohar tells security to confirm that it's legal for her to make her own agreement there, without consulting anyone else. Security nods to this. Asmodea asks if she can ask another security. The other security nods to it. And then Asmodea is like, Okay, then. I could ask her if it was like that. If she says it was like that. And security backs her, come to think, if that's something I'm allowed to ask. Then do you think she still wronged Mylol? No. Then she's in the clear, and I think Myl-Yal would think so, too. My model is that Mayal will not think she's in the clear because he's grandfather gender-troped, and that's not how grandfathers work. But that can be tested, and in any case, I think I have an adequate model of how to proceed from here. Next step being, ask Asmodea what she thinks happened, then see if security agrees with that. Which I should not do right now. Thanks. Want to head to breakout four so we're not late to reconvene? Yeah, sounds good. Are you okay? You fired people, and then this happened. Uh, I just had a rest day. Two, possibly three days ago. Well, whatever. Asmodia's allegedly going to be running my morning lecture anyways. Let's go. 
If you wish to support this AI reading and others like it, please visit patreon.com slash AI. Any help is appreciated. And thank you to executive producer John Doe 7776059.